Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, joined by Alex Jefferson and Garrett Jacobs-Meyer. Hello. Hi. We've got some breaking news. Something actually happened. There are sports news things happening. We are breaking the story right here, right now. No one else has heard this prior to right now. We're breaking the story. This is the first, yeah. first time you're going to hear it right now from the In the Dugout crew. Exactly. <laughs> this is a live breaking news report recorded. Um, <laughs> MLB has come out with their penalties for the Red Sox for the alleged sign stealing scandal. Um, and they're what'd not, they do? what'd they do? What'd they get? What'd they get? What'd Red they get? Sox lose their second round pick in the 2020 draft. Their replay operator, JT Watkins has been banned through the 2020 playoffs and from doing the same job in 2021. And Alex Cora Cora (laughs) has been banned through 2020, but only for what he did with Astros. So So Alex Cora is just totally, totally unrelated. Yes. All right. All right. And that's it. That's the whole thing. So basically the Red Sox are innocent and did not cheat. So the, the loss of the draft pick, that's where a lot of people are saying, well, they did cheat. That's why they lost the draft pick. What happened there is the replay operator, JT Watkins, he, from time to time, used replay to steal signs and take notes and relay it to the players. But they're saying he was a rogue employee who acted alone. So it wasn't really that connected with the Red Sox. Alex Cora didn't know that was happening. Front office didn't know that was happening. Some players didn't even know that was happening. And it wasn't really that significant of a thing because it wasn't every game. It wasn't every single time a runner was on second base. And it probably had no impact on the games because he only did it a couple of times and he did it alone. We didn't even know if the you could definitely, fun. You can definitely see how this goes. You know, he has – what else does a replay operator do? They said they were looking at cameras the whole time. You know, he was probably just sitting there and it's like, huh, I bet I, I bet I could do this. I exactly. bet I could steal some signs. And he was just doing – you can imagine the scenario of him going, hey, J.D., how you doing? Uh, the fastball, two fingers down, fastball. And Jay's like, uh, I didn't ask for this. But all right, man, whatever. Like, you can like, imagine that happening. The whole second round pick thing, it's just because they took so long. Like, if they didn't yeah. do anything, then the Red Sox, I mean, the Red Sox fans would be even happier than we are now. But, I mean, everybody else would be like. Yeah, imagine waiting five months after the Astros punishment. People still think that they're equal in what they did. They still think the crime is equal. And then Manfred comes out and says the Red Sox get no punishment after five months of searching. So right. that's kind of where I see, you know, they had to do something. So they kind of, you know, pick the draft pick. And I, I don't think a second round pick is going to kill us, but it still sucks. Exactly. Like you said, they had to do something. Like after all that time, they couldn't just do nothing regardless of what they found. And they pretty much found nothing. So because there was nothing to find. I'm not even convinced this JT Watkins guy is a real person. I mean, that sounds like a made-up name. <laughs> Replay operator. I, Let me look him up. Let me see. It, what, like, it's different. Ever since the Astros came out with the thing, or did, that was <laughs> did the thing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Ever since it started coming out, what the Astros did, the players were absolutely silent. And I always thought it was odd how when the Red Sox came out, it, even after the Astros, I think punishments have been released at that point. JD and a lot of few other players, but I remember specifically JD were like, I don't think they're going to find anything, which is a really interesting thing for a player to say when you're under investigation. And it, it, right. it had my, you know, it had me turn into my brain. I was thinking like, why would he say that? Maybe they didn't actually do anything. Because right. when you say that, if they do find something, you're losing all your credibility as um like, yeah, exactly. Like just in general with the media and media connections are super important. And I mean, all the Astros players were staying silent probably because they were told to, but also because yep. they knew what they had, they knew they had done something. The Red Sox players knew they didn't do anything, which is why they spoke out. Yeah. Garrett, I, mean, I think you said when fun. that first came out, like when JD and Mitch Moreland were saying they didn't do anything. If you did something, you can't go out there and say you didn't do anything. Cause when the report comes out, that's going to make you look bad. Exactly. They're saying they didn't do anything like during an investigation like that. They probably didn't. And we see now that they didn't do anything. And so I I found out who this uh, JT Watkins guy is. Apparently he's a former Red Sox player who really struggled. And then he was apparently he played with like Michael Chavis, but then they were like, let's, let's make you an advanced scout or scouting assistant (laughs) who would work with the big league staff. And I guess somewhere in there, he came the, 
the replay operator, but damn. I kind of feel bad for him though, because like he just kind of lost his job over this. Like, I mean, he kind of deserves it. He was being not kind of really. Like, he didn't do much. Dummy. I, he sat there. No, he knew it was unethical. I just don't think he think thought it mattered that much. Have, like, have you ever? I don't know. Like, what? What's he was like? Oh, what's the downside? I'm just kind of. I'm sitting here on computers all day. You know, he probably thought he was just doing it like naturally. He wasn't even trying to do it. He was kind of well, looking at the signs the whole time. He probably said that, that he probably thought there was no downside because he knew that every team is doing it in some capacity. I, it's definitely a more widespread thing than just the Red Sox, but this, it, especially it how is. small this came out to be. You know, you're telling me that a replay office, uh, you know, official wasn't sitting there watching signs all game on all all the teams of the MLB, and none of them were like, "Huh, this is this is a curveball." I know the sign now, and then just went and told like at least one person. This, exactly. this whole thing probably happens all the time. Well, so apparently what happens is the replay operators before and after the games, they take notes on the sign sequences and share those with the players, and that's allowed. Like, they, mm-hmm. they're analyzing that. But then during the game, apparently this guy went and revised some of the information he told players prior to the game, and that's it. Um, it also says that the information he relayed was only relevant when the Red Sox had a runner on second base which was 19.7% of plate appearances. Yep. I'm shocked that we had a runner on second base almost 20% of the time. It's also, it not, it's also not being relayed in real time like the Astros did. Exactly. No, once again, I want to make it clear, Astros. what the Red Sox kind of did is nowhere not even close to what the Astros did. It's not even comparable. It's yeah. not at all. And that's where I have an issue. ESPN was one of the – And he's gone. Um, yeah, like the whole banging on the trash can thing, like, come on, like that, that gives you so much more of an advantage in real time versus when you're playing and you can't, like, if you, if you go up and you bat and there's a guy on second and you don't know the, like what, what they're going to throw, then you come back and he's, and the guy updates you like, yeah, that'll help in your next at bat, assuming the pitcher stays in, but doesn't help you right now or didn't help you then and that i mean i think that speaks for itself like helping you in the moment versus yeah. like afterwards with the astros the batters knew in real time what pitch was about to be thrown to them and when you're a major leaguer knowing what pitch is coming from a professional pitcher's like three pitch repertoire four pitch it's completely different Especially a especially a talent one of, a talented hitter on the Astros like yeah. Altuve or Bregman like, I mean their whole roster is very talented. They don't need to cheat to be successful. And when you add that next next layer of cheating onto it, they just become even better. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Garrett's what back. happened there? I don't know. I just got I just got booted. I was probably in the middle of saying something really stupid. I kind of forget. I just get totally booted. <laughs> You're about, about ESPN. About ESPN or something. Oh, I was I was complaining about how you know I'm petty and social media is my life because I'm a teenager. Yeah, but anyway, this is how people get their information a lot of the time. And ESPN goes out there and puts the Astros punishment above the Red Sox punishment on the same exact post, like they're the exact same thing, which is just kind of sloppy reporting. It makes me very sad, but whatever. Anyway. And as professional reporters here in the in the dugout podcast, we don't like sloppy reporting. Yeah. We are breaking this story, bro. You don't even know. Yeah. I called up Manfred. We talked about it for like 10 minutes. For all you know, we could be reporting this yesterday, and we're just recording it right now. You're going to hear the report later today from the tweets and stuff. Jason, bro, don't, don't give up our secrets, man. I'm not giving up our sources. You can't give up that. We've got connections. That's all you guys need to know. I just want to get that replay official on the uh, on the podcast. Is that possible? If he exists, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, right. we'll work on that. <laughs> I, that'd be funny if he's just telling us, like, yeah, I was oh, just watching hilarious. eating, like, my pastrami sandwich. I was like, hey, you're going to throw a fastball. <laughs> I was pondering, like, I was pondering the ability of him getting on the podcast. I was thinking, like, what could he say? You know, because if, <laughs> if he decides to be totally out of the MOB, which I doubt, you know, maybe he wants to go like coaches. He should write a or book or make money or write a book. I don't know. There's options outside of the MLB where he would be able to come in and talk to us. But, this could be you know, a great gonna get his job opportunity back. for him. <laughs> if he's going to get his job back, he probably shouldn't be like 
disclosing all of his information about how he was like eating his Italian subs as he was cheating. Yeah, what's up with you and Italian subs? I love Italian subs. Yeah, I'm aware. So the MLB did not find that Alex Cora or any Red Sox staff member or most Red Sox players knew or should have known. Replay operator JT Watkins was using replay to update pregame sign. <laughs> this tweet from John Heyman is a run-on sentence. My boy, um, <laughs> my boy JT really did it to us. He basically, really cost us that second-round pick. Basically, no one in the Red Sox organization besides JT Watkins had any part in this. So he's not even a player, and like <laughs> he, he's so crazy. bad, and they un, they made it, they stopped letting him be a player and made him a scout. It it does look bad for Cora to come over after cheating so much to a team that like just has one row guy. It it makes sense why everyone would be like, yeah, yeah the Red Sox did just as bad. It makes sense. You can't blame them, but at this point in time, you can blame everyone for saying that the Red Sox and the Astros are equal because we have the information now. It is no longer speculation. The only speculation is the motives of this imaginary person. You know, there's no more speculation. We have facts about what they did and how they did it. So comparing them and saying that they're the same thing is totally dishonest. And if you've ever cared about honesty in life or in journalism or anything, you should be on our side here. I mean... I'd love to get that other guy on the podcast. I think the only our, person our comments, but. who's not the only people who aren't on our side on this are Astros fans because they're salty that Yankees fans too. I think. Well, that's just because the Yankees hate. Yeah. Like every Yankees fan hates when the Red Sox something good happens to the Red Sox. Even though this isn't really good, it's just like it's better than what I expected to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, Astros and Yankees fans are just salty. Yankees fans are salty because they haven't won a pennant. Well, I feel like Astros are salty because even though they cheated, they still couldn't win a home game in the game in the World <laughs> Series. When I first told my dad about this news, the first thing he said was, "Well, are people going to believe that?" And that's the problem, I think. Like Astros fans and Yankees fans, obviously, they're not going to believe that the Red Sox were innocent. But like we, we were just talking about before we got on air here, that we just got an alert from Bleacher Report saying Twitter Sox got wrist slap. MLB world can't believe Red Sox got much lighter Stein stealing punishment than the Astros. People are going to keep comparing this to the Astros in the original report. It linked the Astros and the Red Sox. So they're forever going to be tied together in that way. But like we've said, what they did completely different stories. And I think that's a problem with the way that it was originally reported is those two teams. Those two things are going to be tied together, even though they weren't anything alike. Uh, I think the only reason we even got investigated is because Cora was on the Astros and he played such a big role in their cheating scandal. And had he signed with any other team, I'm sure that team would have also gotten checked out for sign stealing. And it just so happens that we coincidentally had a man named JT, retired <laughs> baseball player who works uh, in the camera office. And he may have told some people once or twice that, you know, the signs have changed. It's honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the MLB report exaggerated what this guy really did. Oh, I'm not 100%. even. I'm not even convinced that this actually happened. Because they like, definitely the found a scapegoat. After that long of a time of not coming out with the report and keep, they kept delaying it and delaying it. Like it'll be done this week by the end of the month, by the beginning of spring training, by the end of this month, and then like after all of that time, you can't come out and say they're innocent. It wouldn't surprise me if they had to exaggerate on something like this just to come out with something. Because this JT Watkins guy, he came out and denied all of this. Like I saw something that said, <laughs> Did he? Yeah, I saw something that said that he never talked to the players in game. He never relayed stuff during the game, only before and after like he was legally allowed to. I don't I'm not convinced this actually happened. Um, this is I, just I the know. MLB it, it just trying to say oh, we messed up, but we can't, like, let everybody know we messed up because that just, like, that causes a shift in the power dynamic and that, like, lets people think that it's okay to to steal signs. And the issue for me is I find it very believable that he would go and, after sitting, watching replay all game, go and, if he has the ability to help his team, go edit a, you know, whatever they keep it on, a card or a document, whatever the heck, however the heck they do it, go edit that. Um, information that he gave before the game it makes so much sense to me how one person would do it thinking he's doing something nice when in reality he's hurting more than he actually is helping 
So that's why I kind of I kind of believe the story. But then again, the other side, it makes so much sense for the MLB to have to have a punishment or a scapegoat in some way, simply because you can't encourage, no, and encourage is the wrong word. You can't have teams thinking that they're not going to get punished for stuff like this. So you have to punish them in some way. And it's probably good for the MLB to make people think that the Red Sox, I don't know, did something horrible because they need, they need a punishment. They need people to think there's some, court, some sort of recourse. But then again, they also serve the, all the owners who give them money, so they can't make the owners mad because they can't just lie and destroy the whole Red Sox system because they didn't do anything. So they're in a tough spot, but they put themselves in it. Well, especially after how they got a lot of backlash from light punishments for the Astros, they can't come out and say Red Sox did nothing. We're gonna, not going to hand down any punishments. But exactly. regardless of yeah. what you believe really happened, even in the report, it says how... Like, Rob Manfred says, I do not find that then-manager Alex Cora, the Red Sox coaching staff, Red Sox front office, and most of the players on the 2018 Red Sox knew what Watkins was doing with the video. And communication of these violations was episodic and isolated only to Watkins and a limited number of Red Sox players. Then it also says that the Red Sox front office consistently communicated MLB's sign-stealing rules to non-player staff and made efforts towards instilling a culture of compliance in their organization. So they... Red Sox front office specifically followed the rules better than most teams. And this one guy basically acted alone. So if to me, even it's a alone. compliment for the MLB to come or out and say if that if the Red Sox, acted. you know, for the MLB to come out and say that the Red Sox tried to instill a culture of honesty and not cheating and following the rules. That's one hell of a compliment. Yeah, honestly, that really like, is. That's a good thing. You read the report, you come out thinking the Red Sox are like better than they actually were. You know? Yeah. I mean, and this is assuming he even did anything. Like, he's denying it. Come on. I, I think he did. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I, ju- I don't think the MLB missed entirely on this. I think they had to find someone, no matter how minor. But it just makes so much sense why the guy would think he's helping. But Yeah, I can yeah, understand just... that. I can believe that he did some kind of sign-stealing thing. But based on what I just read about how the report says none of the players in front office and manager really knew, and otherwise they were following all the rules and complying and all that, that's why I don't agree with taking away the second round pick in the 2020 draft. Because this year, they're saying the draft is going to probably be shorter. It could be as few as five rounds. So taking away the second round draft pick could have even more of an impact this year. Yeah, I think um, either a future second or like this year, like a fourth or a fifth would have been more correct punishment. It's just, it's just a mess. Also, they could they have to punish someone, so they did that. Like, the fact that they know this and they still, like, all this coronavirus stuff that's going on, and they they knew that the draft is probably going to get shortened, yet they still chose that punishment is a little odd to me. Like, it's, for their lack of, like, supporting evidence, it seems like a really heavy hammer to drop. Like, mm-hmm. second Manfred, out of five. Manfred like, notes in the report that I am mindful because that because the 2020 first year player draft may be as few as five rounds, this penalty may have a more significant impact on the Red Sox than in a normal year. So he's aware of that, and he could have done that on purpose. What? <laughs> you why go from why saying that say we that? were very honorable why does he acknowledge and honest, that, and then he's like, "What?" But you know, I'm screwing you over, and I know That's, it. I just don't get it. You don't take why does away. He acknowledge it, but not usually when people acknowledge something like that, they say, "But." If that happens, I'll shift it to the next year. Or they like add something to the end. He just says it. Yeah. He just like He's states. Like, Not much I can do about that. Like you're the so one making the punishment. It, I'm gonna leave it up to chance how severe the punishment is. Yeah. Is basically what he's saying. That I'm gonna leave it up to matters outside of my control of how severe a punishment I'm deciding to give is. Like I'm I'm gonna it's a 50-50 coin flip on if this is an okay punishment or a worse punishment. That's a crazy thing to ever, ever do. <laughs> Oh, man. This is great. Great, great people. I mean, the whole entire time, the MLB handled this terribly, and it doesn't surprise me that they're contradicting themselves in the report. (laughs) It wouldn't be an MLB report if they weren't contradicting themselves. (laughs) Let's be real. I mean, I just hope that due to this report and now that this is kind of settled, people can actually look at that 2018 season the way that it really was again. Like, I don't want this mm-hmm. this Red Sox cheated in 2018. They didn't actually win 108 games. Like, this report should prove that that's not true. No, well, that, that the, team the issue is earned that World know. Series title. 
it's an issue with how people perceive things and social media makes it way worse because instead of actually having to discuss with people and get any kind of back like back and forth you can just read things that are totally one-sided and just build yourself an opinion of something oh yeah so if you read if you read punishment's not hard harsh enough on red sox over and over and over and over again you'll think, oh, punishment's not hard on Red Sox. Even because you... people, when they put that stuff out there, they don't have to be held accountable, like a regular conversation. If I tell Jason, Jason, you're ugly, and Jason says, well, I don't think so. I look very similar to my neighbor, and he's not ugly. <laughs> That's a little bit of feedback that you never get on social media. Because if I say, Jason, you're ugly, but I put it on Twitter, I can just ignore everything anyone else says, and it doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't change. So it doesn't really matter if they cheated or not. It just matters how people perceive it. And as a red, you know, Red Sox nation has to deal with this all the time. Yankee, you know, give them credit too. The Yankees are hated too. The Red Sox are hated. Teams hate us. It just goes like that. Play, uh, fans hate us. And so it's just going to be, a, it's a revolving cycle. It doesn't matter what's true or not. It just matters how people receive us. And as Red Sox fans, we're always going to pre- get perceived worse. And when you're in, when you're subject to having the rivals of the biggest city in America and having the biggest fan base at like in major league baseball, like be your rival, they're going to go after you. And there's going to be a lot of biased reportings from like New York, like New York stories. And I mean, all this bias is, I mean, it's precedented because I mean, people believe that what they want to believe, but at the same time, exactly. You have to form your own opinion based on more than one source. And it can't be this, a source coming from the same type of person every single time. If the only rebuttal you have to give someone is go read what you're talking about, that person should just not provide their, like, any opinion on everything. It's almost an argument that the Red Sox cheating and they say just incorrect things and all I have to say is go read what you're talking about. Why in the world would you go, go put your opinion out there? Be a little educated before you talk. It just blows my mind. But no one's held accountable and who cares? Because you can just delete that comment a week later once you get your 800 likes from Yankee fans. You can be screenshot it. You, woohoo, we got likes. People also have to remember that there's a difference between an opinion and a fact. From this report, these are now facts. And you can have the opinion, oh, the Red Sox cheated, but that's not a fact. So you can't try to argue it like it's a fact. Exactly. It is a it fact blows my mind. that... Cora had nothing to do with it when he was on the Red Sox. It is a fact that the majority of the staff uh, and most of the players had nothing to do with it. And it's a fact that this guy, JT, may have at some point given sign updates throughout the game to a few players. And And if you're forming your opinion based on stuff outside of that, you're going to have to really back it up. And if you say that that is worse than having a trash bin and banging on. on your trash can... I'm sorry, but like that that affects the game so much more. The 2018 Red Sox did not cheat to win games. That's a fact. So now I want to transition this to Alex Cora and what this means for him. So he's suspended through 2020, but we kind of already parted ways with him. By the way, as of a few minutes ago, the Red Sox just removed Ron Renicki's interim title and his manager. So he's just manager now. They wanted to make sure he was clear in the investigation. Um, so will Alex Cora be coming back in 2021 like many fans, including myself, are saying? I don't think so. Why not? Um, so I don't think they will bring him back just because he's going to – like there's going to be so much negative like energy coming from the fan base, like from certain – from parts of the fan base. And – also because, I mean, will he even want to come back? Like, they severed ties with him, even though they never even asked. Like, that doesn't seem like they did anything, like, ask him if he did anything wrong or anything. They just kind of fired him as soon as, as, soon as they heard he may have done something. And, I mean, to, like, it's all, that, that seems like a pretty brutal thing to do to someone, especially, like, out of the blue. Um, I don't know if he's, like, willing to repair his relationship with the Red Sox and come back. So I think based on what they said about the, you know, remember that kind of non, that press conference they got, they gave where I sat in Marine Bio at 155, just watching it and they didn't give any answers. They said um, that they had like a nice conversation with Cora. They didn't really make it seem like it was a ugly breakup. They kind of, they, 
I don't know, they really were kind of holding things back. And I guess it, I guess it makes sense now in hindsight. It's really weird looking back on that in hindsight, honestly. But other than that, I'd be amazed if they bring him back just because it's such a bad look because he's a convicted cheater for the Astros. You know, like he, he really did a lot of things that I, I'm not really happy with for the Astros. So I, I wouldn't be happy if they had him back. I think it's a horrible look. And I, I think we're in better places without having to deal with that. It's like the, uh, like the Odell Beckham effects. You're better having him, you know, not in the locker room because just everyone hates him. First of all, when the report first came out, it had Alex Cora's name written all over it and made him look like the mastermind and got all of this bad press on that. So at that point, as the Red Sox ownership, you have to make that decision to fire Alex Cora or part ways with Alex Cora. And he understood that, and that's why they called it a mutual decision to part ways. It, I think I remember even seeing that Alex Cora was like even pushing for it. Like He knew that's what they needed to do based on that report. Regardless of whether it was true or not, based on the report, that's what they needed to do at that time. Then, so they part ways with him. They look for a new manager. They hire Renicky. In that time, a new report comes out saying that Alex Cora really wasn't the mastermind behind all of this. It started in 2016 before Alex Cora even got there with Jeff Lunau, the GM, creating Operation Codebreaker, this series of spreadsheets and, and things to figure out signs and decode them. And they basically forced Alex Cora in my opinion, this is my opinion now, they basically forced Alex Cora into developing the whole trash can scheme. Alex Cora didn't come up with that concept of stealing signs. The front office and front office basically came to him like, we want to do this, get it done, figure out a way to get this done. So he's not really the whole mastermind behind the asterisk cheating scandal like it was originally reported in the first report. So his name is cleared a little bit there. Then now this comes out, basically clearing his name completely of any sign stealing with the Red Sox. So he's clean with the Red Sox. And then what do he do with the Astros in a much lower scale than what it originally was? So what I would say to that is that he, even though he didn't come up with it, he definitely knew everything that was going on. And I know as an athlete, and I know most people would never do what he did. I think what he did was unethical and it was cheating. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me who came up with it, but he was a major cog in this entire operation. So that's my personal opinion, you know. And for the Red Sox to come and take him back to a team that is so high profile, the Boston Red Sox, to take a guy that the entire public thinks is a dirty cheater and move him into the manager spot, it would blow my mind if they did that. And I honestly don't think they should. It's almost the same effect as bringing someone into the locker room that has a bad history that you don't want distractions because you have to sit there up at a podium after every single game and talk. Well, Alex Cora, my mind if that happened. Alex Cora led the Red Sox to the most wins in franchise history and then the world series championship. And they just proved that he didn't cheat to do any of that. So he was a great manager in Boston and Red Sox ownership loved Alex Cora when they hired him. The players loved him. He fit the Red Sox really well. And with Heim Bloom now, he fits the Red Sox even better with the analytical mindset, planning for the future. And if he didn't cheat, didn't do anything wrong with the Red Sox, where he was their manager, wasn't the bench coach, he was the manager leading them, I feel like there's no reason why you can't bring him back. And I think, like, you, I understand what you're saying, how he still had an involvement and in he still was somewhat of a mastermind. He still cheated, which most people wouldn't do. I think it's comparable to if a player does like performance enhancing drugs, they don't most of the time don't get released forever. They usually come back after the suspension and play with the same team again, or at least a different team. I think it's much more, it, I think it's much more of an issue. Uh, it's, it's outside of performance enhancing drugs as a comparison. It's more of like a, like a criminal kind of thing because it's judging most of morally, it's judging more of Alex character's character Alex Cora's character as a as a manager, I guess bench coach, when he did the whole cheating thing, that I think would be more damaging to the Red Sox to bring them back in from a public. They're trying to sell tickets. You got to bring the guy back in for, from a public perspective. That hurts because people think he's a cheater, and I, I see how you mean that the 108 wins potential outweighs the you know backlash of having this guy come onto your team, especially when he didn't do anything. But it would blow my mind that two years down the line or whenever it is, I think two years, right? 
they're uh, they're thinking like, oh, let's get this guy back in here right now. He's totally clear. No one will care. It just it's a very interesting thing. I don't think they'll do it. But I also think it would be a huge like shift in like emotions within the clubhouse. Like you got to give Renicky a shot at the very least. And if baseball doesn't end up happening this year, then you got to give him a shot next year. And I don't, I'm not confident. Like I think Cora inherited probably the perfect situation when he first joined the Red Sox, but there's no way he'll be anywhere close to that. If he, when he comes back, if he comes back a few years down the line, this team needs rebuilding more so than fantastic coaching right now. And if Cora and if they can avoid getting bad publicity and still be able to rebuild a little bit, like, cause I think that's all Cora will bring. Cause Renicky was under Cora. He learned under Cora. He knows how to manage. He's been in the game a long time. Why bring in the bad publicity and risk like losing money from fans that don't want to support a team that hired a known cheater back to their team again. I feel like they already have the bad publicity. It's okay. It's okay. I did it earlier. I did it earlier. I feel like they already have the bad publicity. Um, Just from being involved in this, I don't, I guess if you hire Alex Cora back, you'll get some more of it. But I don't think you'll get that from Red Sox fans. I think that will be more from Yankees fans, Astros fans, other teams around the league. I don't think Red Sox it fans make sense. are really going to care if they hire him back. They probably want him to be hired back. Most Red Sox fans I'm seeing right now want him to be back because, like I said, he won 108 games and a championship with the Red Sox without but cheating. He, it, it makes sense, but I don't think that's things that – organizations do they don't think like that they think like with their wallets you know i think it's a very mind-blowing thing for an organization to hire him back it just doesn't seem like something that a professional sports organization would do right but like that's just me. the dallas cowboys wouldn't rehire mr jason garrett um <laughs> if he you know if it was revealed that his claps were actually like showing off uh secret like like what the offense or the, or the what the opponent's defense was supposed to be doing and doing the offense. You're giving no. him too. You're giving him too much. I, I know, but like smart. they <laughs> wouldn't rehire him. And like the Cowboys are such a like they're a big market team, just like the Red Sox. They're, yeah, the Red Sox are a classy team. It's very interesting. It would be very mind blowing for me to to have them hired. But Alex Cora didn't do anything. He didn't give any signs to anyone. Yeah, but he's a guy who's a he's a cheater. He can be. He could easily. He can. The word the label cheater is so accurate for Alex Cora. Like you want, you can deny that, but you really can't. Because what he did with the Red Sox, okay, but what he did with the Astros, <laughs> former manager, cheater Alex Cora is probably the best way to title the guy. He didn't and, cheat you know? with the Red Sox, and with the Astros, it wasn't his idea. But he did it. He did it. He carried no, out the he, function. He could have stopped it. So then, why aren't you saying that Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve should never play the game again? Never play the. I don't think I never said they should never play the game again. I just don't think they should, he should get hired back in a manager position. If you're going to say Alex Bregman, do I think they could be suspended for a year? Would I be happy with that? Sure, I, I definitely think I would. It's it's Cora is a is a manager. It's different as a player. It, you're he didn't with cheat standard. as a manager. He was the bench coach. Okay. He yeah, got orders from higher player. level people in the organization telling him this is what you need to do. But he also I mean, that logic that, that logic didn't hold up as an ethical one that I'm not saying. It I mean, didn't hold up. I don't support what I did, what he did, but I feel like he didn't have too much of a choice in it. I mean, I think I, it's I an ethical question to be honest. I do. I see that point. I but Jason, he, I see where you're a, coming he is from. He's a cheater. But he did do it. He he definitely could have like stopped it and said no, this is unethical. We can win without this. As a bench coach, he clearly had some pull. From from the from the reports that I read and from the information that I'm I'm working with is he did more than just li- he came up with stuff himself. He organized stuff himself. He didn't just listen to orders the entire time. Well, like he, he, he kind of took the- an idea. He took an idea and he actively ran with it. He didn't just make a machine function. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But I think it's very comparable to PEDs. Both are cheating. Both are against the rules. 
and both are like that person's decision to do it. So I don't really get why Alex Cora can't get a second shot with the same organization if people who use performance-enhancing drugs get a second shot to play with the organization. I understand what you're saying where he was like a leader and not just like a player. I think sports fans and sports sports fans and sports teams hold people who do performance enhancing drugs to a different standard as people who do things to actively like how do I describe this? The spygate is held to a worse standard than people using PEDs. You know, I, I think as sports or corked bats is to a different standard as as PEDs. I, I just think cheating within the game in that way rather than cheating in your body. Maybe it's because so many people use PEDs, but I think the sports world as a, as a whole kind of looks at them very different. I don't think they're really comparable. I think everyone kind of just understands that, you know, domestic violence or your crimes outside of the world of baseball are different than, you know, the banging on trash cans. Maybe you guys think differently, but from a whole sports perspective, I think people, fans hold that differently. I think fans are also standard. quicker to defend players than they would be managers. That's true. Because they expect mm-hmm. more of managers and bench coaches and the whole shebang. Like they expect more out of the higher up people to be responsible and be leaders. make sure that there is none of that happening. So when a player does it, it's not nearly as bad because the player is just trying to make a paycheck and, you know, stay in the league. Like it's hard and they want every advantage they can get. So if they can find a way to get an advantage that might not be ethical or legal, I think that's not as bad. Or I think people would view that less harshly than a manager who, or a bench coach who like came up with a plan, started the plan and carried it through and found success with the plan. And then which led to the continuation of said plan and more success. Jason, in conclusion, I think that the, there is an argument that holds weight for the Red Sox being able to have quarterback. I just don't think the Red Sox as an organization, who most people see as faceless, rich dudes, have the ability to make that argument to the fans or the baseball world. Because it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm talking to you. It's an organization of a team that's trying to be classy, that has history, I don't think they have the ability to make that perfect argument for why they would hire them back. So as a team, I don't think they would do that. That's just, I just don't think it'll happen. Yeah. And I still think Alex Cora is a cheater. I don't know if it's totally right to do that either, but what do I think he should be totally, do I think he should be totally banned from the league? Probably not because he did, he was able to, he had even more power on the Red Sox and he was able to not cheat. So it's not like, you know, he's going to go do it again. So let me ask but, you this. Would you be okay if he was a manager of a different team, not the Red Sox? Yes. I would be okay if he was a lower position to start. I don't think hiring him as a manager immediately is appropriate, knowing that he came straight. He was two teams back of cheating. It was only one year with the Red Sox. So he was very recently cheating prior to that. I don't think it would be appropriate to bring him back as a manager. Be like, oh, you were good. Even You're fine now, manager. I think it would be better to bring him back as some other position. Um, but yeah, I also think it is different for another team other than the Red Sox because the Red Sox had to weather the entire storm. You know, as an organization, it looks different if the Red Sox get them or the Cardinals get them. It's public yeah. perception. But maybe I, maybe that logic's flawed. I don't know. It just makes more sense to me. And a lot of it's based on feeling, but also buying tickets, selling tickets, selling jerseys, it's based on feeling too. You have to be emotionally connected to the team. So I just think that's where the argument should be had. Yeah, and I think more teams will be willing to hire him as like an assistant or a bench coach again. Rather, oh, I think than... every team would want that guy as their assistant manager. Yeah, and I think so. I think he'll find work. I'm just, I'm not sure that he'll find work as a manager right away. He might have to work his way back up again. He'll be okay. He's a, he's a very talented guy. But... Yeah, I'm a big Alex Cora guy. I love the guy. Hope he comes back. We'll see what the Red Sox end up doing. He's a pretty it's... dope name, Alex Cora. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so too. <laughs> another another thing that kind of happened, I just wanted to touch on was happy uh, Patriots Day, everyone. No marathon baseball game, but yeah, you know, Boston Day it passed. Yeah, Boston Day. I was uh, the, my only claim to fame is I was at that game. I was 11 years old, but I was at that game, and I remember it. It's one of my like most vivid sports memories. The, I was 11 years old. The speech. And I remember I didn't really. 
yeah, the speech. I didn't really comprehend the like weight of that speech at the moment. And I remember <laughs> my mom was so mad at me because when Poppy first began to speak, I like didn't really know what was going on. And I was short and I couldn't see. And I remember where I was. I was under the, um, I was on the like first base side, but up and under. So yeah. it was like kind of crappy, kind of crappy seats. Yeah. Um, and I remember my mom got mad at me and she was like, why are you clapping? I was like, I don't, I'm not clapping because I can't see. I don't know what's going on. But after that, I remember paying attention that I heard Poppy. At a, uh, it, was, it was such a crazy moment. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the day that Neil Diamond performed. He did. He I do have to, So that was, yeah, he did the national anthem. Or not the national anthem. He, he did Sweet Caroline. Caroline. And he was horrible. He didn't know any of the words. He stunk. Oh man. So that was the same game, right? Because both these memories are, yes, man. And I remember my mom going crazy. She found out that Neil Diamond was performing while she was in the bathroom. Like someone told her, she was like, Oh my God, Neil Diamond's performing. And my whole family was like, who the hell is Neil Diamond? We only know that one song. Who is this guy? (laughs) It was kind of crazy. I didn't really grasp the significance of that moment until like a little while after. So it was kind of crazy. It's crazy. Really? That that was like seven years ago. I know it's that's wild. I was even watching like David Ortiz, like it was some kind of like David Ortiz tribute thing on Nesson. I was like, I was watching that too. He retired in 2016. That was four years ago. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's been four years since Big Poppy was on the Red Sox. I missed that. Because I was, I was waiting there. I remember sitting there wishing um, Big Poppy played in 2017. Because I remember they had a pretty okay team in 2017. They made the they playoffs, but they didn't, have, like, they didn't have any power. Yeah, that was the year they hit like no really homers. Wishing. <laughs> Yeah, I remember really wishing they had they had that power. Yeah, um, that's yeah, my biggest takeaway from quarantine. I miss David Ortiz. That's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Yep. I miss baseball in general. Like this is Me it's mid April and there's no baseball. It's mid April and we're not talking about what happened last night or what's going to happen tonight in the Red Sox yeah. games. That's crazy. It's it's crazy. This Alex Cora mm-hmm. thing has been like the the most significant sports thing to have. Well, I guess. The most significant sports thing that happened since yesterday when the Gronk thing happened. That's like the, the draft, this Alex Cora thing, and Tom Brady are like the biggest thing, the only, you know, interesting things we've had. I guess Gronk, but he's New not. New England's getting level. hit hard. We do have questions though, right? Yeah, go ahead. We have like six questions. Well, Seasoned Circus asks, would this be the perfect time to overhaul the game? So he gives some examples, pace of play, instant replay, oh. and cheating. So would this? It would be no. the perfect time to overhaul well, the game. Yeah, and we and we touched on. Obviously, we don't know if they should or not. But we touched on uh, what I talked about shortening the season. How some people were talking about that. That would be quite the overhaul. Um, but this would be the perfect time. I just don't think people want. It. Manfred's I, done enough. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> just stop. I, Manfred, I, think- I, I can't imagine them being like, "Yeah, we don't have baseball," but. Here are some pace of play rules well, that we're going to introduce when we do. I think pace of play will change in the coming years as more minor league systems have used it and pitchers yeah. are more used to it. Like the pitch. I'd clock. say once like the David Prices of the world get out of the MLB, then they'll start throwing the pitch the pitch clock out there and making some serious changes to pace of play. But until then, I mean, pitch, I think. Well, I when think you they, have the pitch clock in the minor leagues, players are coming up getting used to that. So once, like Alex said, the the veteran players like Justin Verlander or David Price, the pitchers who take forever because that's the way they've learned, that's the way they've been in the game. Once those players retire and start to kind of phase out, then that's when you can like implement a pitch clock. But you might not even need it because the players are already going to be pitching at a faster rate. But that, now it's not that time. Right now, once no. David Price retires, the average time between pitch is gonna go down by a significant amount yeah. just because that one outlier retires. If David Price throws like an 110 pitch outing, you know that there's 110 minutes at least right there. It's yeah. Also, Let's I don't want to say I feel bad for Dodgers fans, but like getting Mookie Betts and then possibly not even being able to have him kind of sucks. <laughs> Like they traded for the star player MVP and like, yeah, let's go world series. And then they don't even get to have them. It's fine. They wouldn't have won. Kershaw would have choked it. True. Yep. They would have found a way to blow that. All right. Christian hacky. What's up, dude? Asks top 10 quarantine snacks. What do we got? Ooh, peanut butter pretzels. 10 is a lot. Do five or three. Top three. 10, 10 is a lot. Do three. All right. Peanut butter pretzels, popcorn, <laughs> apples with peanut butter. 
I feel like we've had this question before. I really like peanut butter, guys. It's because they have the mixture of the like the shell and the, but the shell is constructed in such a way that when you bite down on it, it almost starts to dissolve. Dissolves a weird word, but it does. So it mixes in with the peanut butter, and it doesn't it doesn't get in the way of the peanut butter taste. It's like you don't want something with a shell that gets in the way of the taste of the filling. You need them to complement. It's like a peanut M M&M, and M, but instead of the peanut like the peanut butter and like the chocolate, it's a peanut butter and pretzel, which is like, it's more salty. It's more salty and savory as opposed to sweet and savory or sweet and um, savory. It's salty and savory, which is a nice flavor. Don't you look tired? Don't you look tired, Jason? This conversation is riveting. All I know is like throughout quarantine, whenever I hear someone talk about a food that I don't have, I want that for hours. (laughs) Like I was talking about lobster the other day and I've been wanting a lobster roll ever since. (laughs) <laughs> I had lobster on Easter. Was that why you were talking about? I don't know. Did I Maybe that, that is it. I don't know. Lobster. lobster on Easter. I had lobster on Easter and I had ham the day after. It's killing me that I don't get to go to Fenway Park and have like a nice Fenway Frank or a Fenway sausage and watch baseball. I miss you just that general ballpark experience. Well, yeah, that's true. You can't <laughs> what, like scale up the monster wall. Have you seen, did you see the video of John, like when John Krasinski took all John those Krasinski is like single-handedly holding the world together with his like some yeah. shows. When he took uh, those healthcare heroes into Fenway, I was so jealous. That was awesome. I know. But that also made me so happy. I was like, yes, Fenway. Yeah, they, they do are doing a lot more, more than you, Alex. To society than I am right now. That's true. They are. <laughs> they are. All right, guys. Doing so much. We got to. We got a similar question. Yep. Red Sox Die Hard Info is asking the hard-hitting questions, asking, what's your opinion on onions? I know people who love onions and people who hate them. Not I had onions I had onions on a sausage a couple days ago, and they fit perfectly. Also, onions have layers. I can't do a Shrek <laughs> accent, but they do. Um, yeah, they were very good on, on my thing. Onions are good in everything. When you cook them, they're yes. good in everything. I like onions. I love Not onions. I just realized I love onions. Onions on pizza? Like, onions and sausage on pizza is pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I uh, at work sometimes when like when Bruno hooks me up with like giant amounts of uh, stuff to put in a calzone, you can't fit it all in the calzone. So I take some of it, like the shaved steak, I put it in a pita, and then I put the cold onions from the uh, from the pizza place, and it's so good. Oh man! All right, anyone else have an opinion on onions? I'm sorry, I'm not a fan. It. Yeah, you would you would be no. okay. In my defense, <laughs> you know, I. <laughs> I'm not. What, what's your defense? Such an such an. I'm not going to get into it because it's not podcast material. All right. What else we got? What's it look like for Doctor uh, Doctor? Doctor. Because I got a notification that uh, Doctor Dre put out the chronic on uh, on Spotify. I like Doctor Dre. Anyway, um, what's it uh, what's it look like for Dustin Pedroia? Is his career over as a Red Sox? Yeah. <laughs> Retiring for good. Something about Red Sox, the way he wrote it, is kind of funny to me, but I guess it makes sense. No, you can't say Red Sox. Yeah, what do you think? He wrote, like, sock, like the thing you put on your No, foot. I know. A lot of people do that, but I don't, it's not – you can't do that. It's not sock. It's socks. But, yeah, we're not like the Red Sox with a C and a K. With a socks. <laughs> well, what's one Red Sox, then? S-O-X. You would have to so every Red Sox every player. time you just have to say a Red Sox player. Yeah, is his career that? over as a Red? That's Sox. so lame. No, you can't say Red Sox because he's no, not, not, he's Red so much Sox, not Red Sox. Red Sox. You got to say it with the boss. Red Sox. <laughs> you done with the Red Sox? <laughs> yeah, can you, you well, you can say is his career over as an Astro, as a Yankee, as a Cardinal, as a as a as a, as a Mariner, as a well, because those are plural with an S. You can't say as a Red Sox. Because we're plural with an X. Oh, that's true. White sock. <laughs> I guess it doesn't make sense for the white socks either. So um, this is this but, is the debate we really but need. But Pedroia is done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I doubt he would have played this year anyways. So maybe the time off could help him get back for next year for a couple of games. But he's not going to be a regular guy ever. He, he's pretty much done. If he comes back to play at all, it will be week or two to just like a last i'm shifting i'm shifting our next question okay shifting our next question a little bit um uh what do you when do you think the red Sox will be in prime position to win their next world series how long do you think this slight retooling as jason would say is going to take until they're in full position to make a run 2022 that's what i was going to say 22 
that recently. All right. They've recently, got a pretty solid the core. Their their offensive core is really strong. They just need to develop a few more pitchers. It's not that much different of a team than 2018. Minus like Mookie Betts and like Craig Kimbrell. And Bryce, and that's it. Yeah, but like Kimbrell really hurts. It still stings not having Kimbrell. Yeah. Or not having who Kimbrell was. They kind of stunk. It, it was fun to have, like, you're up by a run in the ninth, and you knew that game was over. Like, when Kimbrell was in his yeah. prime Red Sox years. Well, I mean, he, like, he, would, he, he, would like he, he would walk the bases before getting on three No, outs, even but... before that. Like, when he was in his real prime with the Red Sox, where he had, like, a, a one ERA for a couple of months, where he would just strike out, like, mm-hmm. the side to end games. That yeah, was he, It was like the uh, – I mean, it's so weird to think the Red Sox don't have a real good closer. Like – We've had one for so long. Keith Falk, Papelbon, Kimbrell. Koji. Koji. Oh, how could I forget about Koji? I love watching Koji in the 2013 games they play on Nesson. Even when he's not, like, in the game, when he just runs out and, like, starts high-fiving people. <laughs> the best. <laughs> we have any more yeah, questions? That's all the questions we got, boys. That's all, right. all we got. Um, well, that should do it for the podcast today. That's mm-hmm. a good Alex Cora talk. Sorry. Um, Garrett, what is that called? A, a didgeridoo? It's a it's a didgeridoo. Yeah, it's from Australia. It's authentic. I'm not sure how much it costs, but it's very high quality. So yeah, I can see you. Wait, let me point at the camera. How do you play there it? There we go. Um, so you have to like vibrate your lips. So the only instrument I play is stringed instruments, like guitar <laughs> and bass and whatever. Um, so I don't really know how to do it, but I can play one note. Mm-hmm. What note is that, Garrett? Um, 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 it's I don't know. Play us out. Do the There's outro. Do 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 do. I'm sorry. Anyway, next episode I'll be able to play this. I'll master this instrument. It'll be wonderful. All right, sounds good. All right, we're holding you to that. You expect a concert? I look real good while doing it too. All right. All right. See you next Bye, time. Everyone. Thank you to all the doctors and nurses out there. Stay strong, everybody. <laughs>